listening to Wake Up and Read the Labels, your guide to eating simple and feeling good. If you want to eat clean and feel your best, guess what? You're in the right place. Each week, we talk about ingredients that may be holding you back from feeling your best. We also talk to some brands that are going against the grain and actually using real ingredients we can recognize. Plus, we're sharing stories with people who are just like you, who actually woke up and read the labels. You are listening to the Wake Up and Read the Labels podcast. By now, you're used to hearing Jen leading this podcast, but today we're flipping the script and now she's the interviewee and we get to hear all the fun pieces about Jen, Wake Up and Read the Labels, plus some tips to help get you motivated to eat better. My name is Sarah Persich. I get to work with Jen and the Wake Up team every day. I do lots of things behind the scenes and I'm super excited to be here. Jen, you ready? I am ready for everyone listening. This is Sarah. We work together and I think she's might be a little nervous starting this off, but nonetheless, she's doing an amazing job and I'm very grateful to have you, Sarah, on the other side leading the way. So let's do it. All right. All right. Let's dive in. So Jen, tell us a little bit about you and your upbringing. You grew up around a grocery store since your parents owned one, right? That is correct. So my parents have a really, really motivating story. They kind of beat the odds. They got married. My mom was 15. My dad was 17. Started off on food stamps. And my grandpa had a small corner grocery store in a very low-income neighborhood. And so my parents were working there when they got married. And my dad went out, got a loan on a handshake. I don't know. Maybe it was $5,000 something. And ended up investing in buying his own grocery store. So what had happened was, yes, I grew up in the grocery store for my entire life since I've been knowing. I used to sleep on the floors at the grocery store the night before they opened, stock all the shelves, get ready for the grand opening, put out signs, yada, yada. So I was always involved around food. However, it did not dawn on me about you know what's really inside of the food or reading the label. Surely I read them but there wasn't any rhyme or reason. I didn't think too much about it, so to speak. But I can tell you that I do know the kind of behind the scenes of why these companies put their products on certain shelves and the fact that they're all behind getting you to eat more, getting you to consume more, inevitably to make more profit. Wow. That's an amazing story. You usually don't hear stories like that, like especially with a young couple growing up, getting started. So that's amazing. They're still married. And if anybody out there wants to read their book, it's called From GED to Harvard, then Inc. 500, because my mother, she clearly didn't graduate high school. She was pregnant. She was married. But she did go to college later on. Once I went to college, she said, you know, I should go back and get that degree that I never got. And so she went to Tulane Continuing Studies, nighttime program, finished four years, applied to one school with a smiley face envelope. And we we're like, Mom, you're not going to get into Harvard. But she did. And so also they started a po'boy business once they kind of retired in their mid-40s from the grocery business. And they got into the Inc. 500 for fastest growing, I don't know, po'boy shops or restaurants in America. So their book is out there. We can link it, GED to Harvard to Inc. 500. It's just about you know an American family starting with nothing and making the most out of a retail business. And here we are. 
That's amazing, as Jen Smiley would say. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Who's that? Right. Okay. So, and you said something about how you got to witness how the grocery stores were were putting things on the shelves, like in the in the stores. When did you kind of realize that that was actually alarming? Definitely didn't realize it in my younger days because I was, you know, 13, 14, 15. I was clearly thinking about other things at that moment in my life. But I do know that the vendors would come in and, you know, the Fanta guy or the Hawaiian punch guy, or it could be the Cheerios girl, whoever was bringing their their products in, they would kind of yell if their products were not front center, where they paid for or the end cap. And like I said, I didn't think about it then. But now that I'm in this business, it all makes sense. That's crazy. Okay. Well, so tell us just a little bit about the backstory of Wake Up and Read the Labels and how you got started with this. Oh my gosh. I don't even know. I didn't ever put all of this together and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to bottle this up, create an online course and help thousands of people. It never started like that. What had happened was I got married and my husband and I were on this kind of clean eating journey just to kind of help heal ourselves from within, feel better, yada, yada, long story. But what had happened was I was a stay-at-home mom and I started working out kind of like as my escape route away from babies and you know, helping self-love, all these things. But I'm teaching spin classes and I kind of got tired after about three years teaching a spin class. And so I was looking for a different route for some type of work. And I knew I didn't want to go work for a company. I knew I didn't really want to work for anybody else. If I wanted to do something, I wanted to do something on my own time and something I love. And so one day before carpool, I stumbled upon the social media coach. I had about 200 followers. He had coached a friend of mine in Baton Rouge. Her name is, I think, A Pinch of Lovely, something like that. She does do you know who I'm talking about? Mm-mm. A pinch of lust, lovely crystal fair cloth. Anyway, she had mentioned, this is my social media coach. Couldn't do anything without him. I had no idea anything about social media. I had no idea what I wanted to do. But anyway, I contacted this guy and he's like, what do you like to do? And I said, well, I like to indoor cardio and I like to eat clean. He's like, sweet. Get on your Instagram, start being really uncomfortable in front of the videos and show people what you eat all day. Take them to the grocery store and show them how you get ready for a spin class. And that's what I would do. I used to do these cold towels before my spin class that I would give to all my clients. So I would show people how I would put eucalyptus on the towels and wet them and put them in the freezer. And I'd take them behind the scenes of all these steps and show them me giving it to the clients at the end of class. And so people following me were maybe some maybe some of my clients at the spin class, some of my friends, and then some of my family, people I haven't talked to in years, things like that. But I would show, hey, here's my turkey sandwich. Here's my spaghetti and meatballs. My kids love these, you know, gummies, all these things. And then I'll never forget one lady. This is very sad. I can't remember her name, but she was one of my dear clients over three years ago. She walked up to me. She's in her 50s and she handed me a blank check. And she says, I need you to take my daughter to the grocery. Her daughter is in her mid-20s and my heart sunk. I was like, what? This lady gave me a blank check. What do I do? I have no services to offer. What does she want? But that lady helped me figure out what it is I needed to do. So what did I do? I went to the grocery. What happened? Another lady comes up to me at spin class. Hey, do you mind coming in my kitchen and showing me what I should be eating and shouldn't? And I'm like, okay. So all of a sudden I found myself at the computer writing the clean oils, flowers, sweeteners, 
I was finding all of the main staples in a pantry. I went to FedEx, printed it out, beautiful color copies. I even laminated them. I brought it to her kitchen. We went through her pantry. We went through her refrigerator. We donated all the food to, you know, like the the food bank place and she swapped it out. Now, here's the real turning point how I started growing and how I started helping other people is that when her name is Helen and Helen's body started to change within a week, she was like, I'm sleeping better. I don't have heartburn. I'm not bloated. I've lost weight. Here these people are coming to my spin class and other classes doing megaformer, Pilates, Basu, they're doing pulse classes, bar classes, nothing's changing. Well, when one person changed in one week, word of mouth at the gym went around, right? Because everybody at the gym is going, hey, I'm trying this diet, I'm trying this. So all of a sudden, they're restricting themselves, but now they are implementing ice cream and pasta and sandwiches and meatloaf. And they're like, hold on, everything good is happening. And so all of a sudden, Groups of friends come in. Hey, can we do a group? Can we can we take a group to the grocery? Yes. Then I started hosting coaching calls once a week to make sure there were no questions. They were sending me menus and the rest is history. So it went from taking people around to group coaching, to private coaching, to an online course. And here we are three years later. Love it. Not even three. Not even three. I know we're only on question one. Right. (laughs) No, no, this might be question two. But could you have anticipated even at that point, like the level of impact that wake up and read the labels? It wasn't even wake up and read the labels at the time. Like you kind of progressed into that. But could you have anticipated that level of impact that you've had? I haven't. But I can tell you from the transformations, the results and the life-changing stories. It feels like a duty. It feels like an obligation. It feels like the food industry is criminal and people don't understand what they're doing and we're all confused. And so I feel as though it's a void that needs to be filled. Yeah, I agree. So even before you were working with clients, before you were working with these people, what were your friends and family thinking with about the food that you were eating? How did they react to when you started eating clean? Oh, yeah. Like the first many years, five or six years, our family called my husband and I um, freaks and that we were eating freak food. And the thing is, because I would show up to Thanksgiving with my spinach and artichoke dip and I would show up with my chips that they had never seen before. And so when you do see something that you're not used to and it's not Tostitos or things like that, it could be labeled as freak food, right? And so the funny thing was my husband and I, you know, we weren't like autoimmune disease at the time, but we... We were inflamed. We were red. We were tired. Our fingers and face were swollen. We we were, you know, 25 pounds heavier than we should be in our 20s. But the thing was, all of that just completely shrinked, went away within, you know, two, three weeks. It was insane. It happened quick. And so when we're bringing our freak food to these parties, everybody's eating their food. They're overweight. They're tired. They're complaining about headaches. They're going to the bathroom. They're taking a nap on the couch. And it's like, hold on, you guys, take a look in the mirror. Who's got the freak food here, right? But they've done a complete 180. I've helped family members. I've helped closest friends. In fact, I used to give my services away for free in the beginning. And then I realized people don't do things when they don't have skin in the game and it is free. But anyway, so now they want me to host the holidays. They want me to bring all the things. And they too have implemented this lifestyle. Yeah, because they want to feel good. They don't want to be stuck on the couch all day. Correct. I love it. So being an entrepreneur... You come from a family of entrepreneurs. 
but it doesn't make it any less challenging. Like your, your family, that's just like, it's in your blood, Mm -hmm. but it's still very challenging. How do you navigate that? And what is the best thing that you like about your job? Oh, that's a lot of questions, Sarah. I would say that every entrepreneur is gifted in some way or even many ways. So we all probably struggle with different things. I think for me personally, it is taking those days that don't have a super high or super excitement with a grain of salt and allowing myself to rest because I can go from like zero to 180 in one day and stay there. I really like those big moments and I like them to continuously happen. So I would say the consistency and the grind to keep going when things aren't exciting or nothing's really happening. That's personally what I struggle with the most. And then there's a lot of things I like about my job, but I would say probably the best thing is hearing the results, hearing the transformations, because that is what feeds me to keep going. It's like, I can scream this message from the rooftop, but if it's not really game-changing or it's not making a difference, well, then like I have to go to sleep at night and say, well, what am I doing this for, right? But those days, like I said, that I struggle when things aren't exciting or nothing's really happening, we're just going through our workday, doing, you know, our meetings and things like that. Then I stop and look at the testimonials and hearing how people's relationships are changing, their health is changing, their bodies, their kids, their moods, their medications, their physical, mental, spiritual well-being, then that's kind of like what what fills my tank. Mm-hmm. And it's true. There's, whenever you hear the testimonials, like it never gets old. It's Every story is going to be different too. Every person is different. But it's so amazing to hear those stories. Yeah. I love that too. Okay. So your husband now is working with you. What's that like? What is it like having him involved and wake up and working with him every day now? Oh, I'm surprised he's not right here next to me right now. My husband love him dearly. I know that I could not do this company without him only because, you know, he's been in the corporate world and working for, I don't even know how many years, probably 15 years, 20 years, something like that. Whereas I was, you know, teaching spin classes and being a stay-at-home mom. So I brought I guess just instinctually what I can bring to the table, but I would not have an online course. I would not be recording a podcast. I would not have team meetings. I wouldn't even probably have an email if it wasn't for my husband. So he is the kind of motor behind this whole thing. But like I tell everybody, I'm like, you guys, we work together. We raise our kids together. We live together. We eat every single meal together. We drink our coffee together. We have the same dog. So it does take a special kind of relationship and people to be able to do all these things together. It's not beautiful, but it's good enough. We make it work, right? But (laughs) we did just get a new house. And the funny thing is like we have this house and then we have this back house that I have converted into my office. And the first week we moved in, I came back here to do work and my husband moved his desk in here and he sat here and I was like, hold the phone. We just got a brand new house and we have a back house. Why are you following me back here? Like we need a break. (laughs) And I felt bad because I think he just really wants to be around me all the time. So he felt like, oh, you know, dog with his tail between his legs. He felt like he got kicked out. (laughs) I should also let people know that you, Sarah, have worked with my husband for 10 years at his law firm. And so Sarah is definitely his work wife. She knows the work side of Seth and how to 
deal with Seth and how Seth thinks and what Seth is going to think about new tech and new software and all these things. So I do want to give a shout out for you working with Seth for 10 years. And that is how I got Sarah on my team is because once my company took off, I was working at their office and I was like, hey, I need help. And so he allowed Sarah to help me. And then he too came and helped me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's way different though, working with your, your actual spouse. So every day, and he is your number one fan, like a biggest supporter I know. without a doubt. I, know. I love seeing that. Okay. So what do you feel like are three motivators? Like you've been doing this journey for a long time, eating clean for a long time, but what are three motivators for when you fall off track? Okay. Personally, a motivator is I don't like the scale, first of all. So when your clothes are feeling tight, that's your that's your cue of, hey, look, you've been eating a little too much and you need to make some adjustments. That's number one. Another motivator is when you eat bad, you feel like such trash that that's motivation enough to get back on. Meaning I eat clean all the time. Say I go to a wedding or say I go to a vacation or I just went to somebody's house or I just did not have something good, that kind of fatigue, brain fog, bloat, stomach pain right there is the motivator to get back on. Now, it can be difficult for someone that you know feels that way and then they think, oh, but now I need to go eat grilled chicken, vegetables, and salad. No, that's not the case. The case is that you know exactly how to overcome it. Like if I eat something bad, get off track, I could literally go and make meatballs and spaghetti or eat a bowl of cereal or have a hot fudge sundae. And because I'm eating real ingredients, my body will get rid of the inflammation. It'll get back on track and I will feel good. Number three is that, well, clearly I have to live it eat it, breed it, everything, right? So I, I'm in charge of Wake Up and Read the Label. So if I'm not doing it myself, well, then I can't get on camera and I can't talk to people and be a true believer behind it. But I know that the food industry is its capitalized. It's out of control. They have made the quality so terrible. They're trying to you know, get you to eat more, make it addictive, all these things. So it's, it's feeling empowered and being able to overcome it that allows you to stay in control, feel good, reap the benefits, and eat the foods you love. I love it. I love it. Okay. Is there anything new or anything fun that you want to share about upcoming plans for Wake Up and Read the Labels? I don't know. Is there, Sarah? You're in charge of all that. There's all kinds of fun stuff. There's always something fun that we've got working on in the background. Anything you want to share? I'm apparently starting to write a book. Mm -hmm. That's starting this Thursday. So there will be a book, but... I don't know if any of you know about writing books. It takes a very, very, very long time. Again, it's one of those that you just have to keep going, pressing along. That's number one. I would love to, in the future, next year, have some type of live events. I know we're trying to put together a referral program and also hire coaches in the future that can you know, start their own business of doing this as well and help those around them. Does that kind of cover it? Yeah. There's a lot of exciting things coming up. Yeah. I can't wait. What do you feel? And we might have covered this, but I know you asked this at the end of your podcasts. What do you feel like was your wake up moment? Oh, my wake up moment. I think my probably biggest, I have a lot of wake up moments, but I would say the real wake up moment in life was when Seth and I, or I guess personally, I 
would eat crackers and I would eat lasagna and I would eat ice cream and all these things. And I'd wake up in the morning and my stomach was flatter than when I went to bed and my clothes were getting looser and I was feeling like kind of spunky and energized and my skin started to glow. That's when the labels clicked. It was like, hold on, how did I eat that? And I feel this way. Mm-hmm. I love it. I know that you have lots of wake up moments and I feel like I've gotten to witness this journey. And I know you could talk about this all day, every day. And like, just like, you just want to have a megaphone at all times and just like awake people up. It's really amazing to see. But I know we are short on time now. So thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me take over the mic and ask you all the questions. I know our listeners are going to love hearing from you and love hearing your story. I promise this is the only time I will do the interviewing folks next week. Jen's back at it. I think that's it. We loved having you here. Um, If you guys know anybody that you want to hear on the podcast, email us support at jensmiley.com. Be sure to leave a review wherever you are. Share it, like it, love it. And I thank you so much, Sarah, for joining me, us, we today. And you guys have a beautiful day. Talk soon. Talk soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wake Up and Read the Labels. If you like this episode, guess what? We want you to share it. We'd love that. Share it with a friend and leave us a review. You can subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or really wherever you're listening to your podcast. For more information, visit us at wakeupandreadthelabels.com. Listener.